our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It's like pandemonium, Heather. Okay, so I was thinking. She said what? I think I got it figured out. This is how this to do is life. how to do life. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. I have seen the light. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd. Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hey, Heather. Hey. How's it going, man? Going awesome. First, let's talk about music and memes because those are the two things we have left in 2020. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about it. So, might I recommend? Now, here's part of the show where Chrissy and Heather tell us what to do. Well, might I recommend... Heather, tonight on NBC is the Billboard Music Awards. Mm. I like the Billboard Music Awards. I like the shows where the pop performers come on and, you know, shake their asses and and sing their songs and do their things. Um, Most of the time I do know all the music. When I watch the movies ones, I don't know what's going on. I haven't seen most of the movies usually. But I do know most of the music, and that's fun, and that's tonight on NBC, so our friends can check that out. Um, recently, when I was flying home last week, I decided to listen to a new artist that I thought for sure I didn't like. Hmm. And like the, the peripheral experiences with this new artist in my life, um, I didn't think I would like her at all. I thought she was gross. But I listened to Billie Eilish's album. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I finally gave it a chance. And she can actually sing. Yeah, that's what she does. She can actually sing. It is overproduced. It is intentionally edgy. Oh, yeah, I don't like that. But a couple of the songs were really good. I really liked um, When the Party's Over. Mm-hmm. It's a really good song. I'm going to start doing like album reviews. I think okay. it's just going to be a thing that we're going to do. Um, it's like super like fully choral, and it's a really good song. I like that one. And I also liked a really funky one called My Strange Addiction. Okay. So I just want to tell our friends... Check it out. I want people to listen to today's music and see how music is changing and have a conversation about how we feel about that at some point. So maybe next week after the Billboard Music Awards, there's a lot There's a lot of conversation here. We got songs like WAP that our kids are being exposed to, whether we want them to or not, and we don't. We I don't even know what don't. song that is. Oh, girl, you! I bet you your kids have found it in, in some way. Well, no, your kids are at home school right now. Yeah. But if they've been in school, it, it's a mess. So maybe next week that'll be part of our conversation. We'll talk about uh, the way music is changing and how we feel about that. I like to think, um, every time I think that things are changing, I remember that the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's That's just absolutely different flavor. True. And I tell you what, and like what's pushing the envelope today, um, you know, like Elvis was pushing the envelope right. when Elvis came out. You know what I mean? The Beatles pushed the envelope. Right. And so I think that that's a fun conversation. But yeah, watch the Billboard Music Awards. Um, they are on tonight, Wednesday night on NBC. And uh, check out some new music. See what you think. As soon as you said pushing the envelope, I immediately, my brain thought, I wonder if we'll ever start pulling the envelope. No, I think we're always going to push it. Are we always pushing it? I think so. Just I kind of want to pull it back a little bit. Mm. 
<laughs> Once you unleash that envelope, Heather, you can't go back. <laughs> I'm sure you can go back. Let's talk about the memes too. Have you ne- seen the new fat Leonardo DiCaprio meme? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're great. They're great. They're great. Um, so there's one um, where it's like my kids asking where all the peanut butter cups are <laughs> after Halloween night, and it's got the fat Leo box of mac and cheese says it feeds four, <laughs> and it's got the fat Leo. Oh, they're great. I, I like, like them. The ones about, um, I've been eating COVID snacks since March. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Let's put a few of these fat Leos up on, on the page. They're great. Uh, yeah, let's put some fat Leos up. They're really great. We also had some excellent vice presidential debate debate memes. <laughs> yeah. That fly was everything we needed, oh, wasn't he? That fly was everything. And I don't care how you lean politically. Some of them were just damn clever. Well, that's the thing is if you can set aside, you know, like your actual opinions and just have a sense of humor, there's some really clever political there stuff. There really are. Right and you know what? Yesterday, um, we have a mutual friend who has kind of a, a page for just women, you know, that like like a f- private Facebook page, you know, where just women kind of post fun things. And I had gone on. I had gone through my phone because I had so many memes and I put a whole bunch of them up. Uh-huh. And then I texted her and I was like, should I take these down? Because a couple of them have political leaning. And I'm like. Honestly, they're entertaining for entertainment's sake, but it's your page, you know. So I ended up pulling it down. Aww. But some of them were just so funny. Did you see the fly in the lace collar? Like, no. Oh, oh. saying that she sent the fly. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> I saw. I, I wish that I had more balance from both sides. But the other one I saw that I thought was really funny that was kind of political. It said, "Write a love story in five words," okay. and the guy's love story was Donald Trump goes to jail. <laughs> And I'm like, come on. Like, they're funny. funny. It's just funny. You know, like, people are clever. People are clever. Uh, This is the one, this is the best thing that's come out of COVID times is we, our meme game was so much weaker (laughs) before. that's true. Yeah. It all started with the Tiger King. It did. And look where we are now. (laughs) Well, I I saw a New York Times um, comic that was a man sitting in an easy chair and he's calling to his wife. He has a tiny little book in his hands and he's calling to his wife and he says honey will you bring me my reading glasses i want to read the flies tell all (laughs) (laughs) that's silly i I saw uh what i thought was really funny i don't know why this struck me it's so funny it was like a strong woman meme Mm -hmm. and it said i'm blunt because god rolled me that way (laughs) (laughs) I i thought that was great and then I saw, ooh, ooh, I got another one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I saw a couple about America and about society that I liked. Hold on, I'm getting out my phone. Oh, this one was good. It says, France has the Louvre. What does the United States even have? And this account that's, that's called American AF answered, right. answered, a flag on the moon, back-to-back World War championships, and Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a flag on the moon back-to-back World War Championships, which is hilarious, by the way. I mean, not funny. War's not funny, but, you know. And Bass Pro Shops. I once wanted to get a 4th of July shirt that referenced the back-to-back World War Championships. <laughs> and it was like, the undefeated! Undefeated! <laughs> this other one is kind of sad, but I liked this one. 
Scientists in the 1990s. We cloned a sheep. We landed a robot on Mars. Scientists today. For the last time, the Earth is round. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We had this conversation when we were running this morning, and one of my friends was talking about one of her friends on Facebook that she's known since she was a kid who who truly is a flat earther like truly i seriously did not i've never met anybody who actually believes that i know they exist but i've never met anybody who will tell me to my face that they do not believe that the earth is well it's not round it's whatever shape it is it's It's, not completely round it's flat like a map um (laughs) i saw another meme this one was not on my list but it just now I've recalled it. Um, it was a map of the Earth, and it said, here's how the flat earthers believe um, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. And it was a line clear down to the bottom, like, <laughs> all the way across back to the <laughs> back to the other side. <laughs> I saw one. I'm trying to find it now. I'm going to post it. That was um, proof that the Earth is not flat. And it was a cat sitting on the flat earth, <laughs> like knocking everything off. I've seen that <laughs> like one. There'd be nothing left. There would be nothing left. The cats would have knocked it off by now. The cats would have <laughs> knocked it off by now. Well, speaking of America and speaking of society, I have some fun for us in the grab bag today about these topics. What? What did they come up with now? Ew! Not that Let's one. see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. Heather, today's grab bag is kind of based on headlines. Heather's Woo-hoo! headlines. Okay. It's usually you who brings news articles to the show. Yeah, I like the news articles. But today, it is me. Okay. And our first story is about Jonathan. Okay, tell me about Jonathan. Jonathan is a tortoise. Oh, I love him already! Guess how old he is, Heather. 150! Older! 350? No, younger. <laughs> 275. No, you were closest the first time. 182 and a half. 187 years old. Wow, Jonathan. The year was 1832, and Jonathan the tortoise was a tiny hatchling. Oh. 1832. Jonathan is the oldest known animal in the world. Wow. I don't know how they know he was born in 1832, but they seem to know. There's ways... It's like a tree. They say that the world was different back then. The light bulb was not yet invented. Cars were still half a century away. Jonathan has seen it all. Wow. Um, He lives in the South Atlantic now. (laughs) As he should. As he should. He's earned that. He's very well cared for. Um, So he lives in a tiny little place. I'm trying to see what the island's called. Um, St. Helena. He's been there since the late 1880s, and he is so popular that he's on their currency. He's on their coin. Oh, wow. Isn't that fun? He lives at the governor's mansion. (laughs) Of course he does. Um, I just, I I love this. I got into kind of a, you know, our country is so young kind Mm. of um, conversation recently. And, uh, you know, like... Even these things that are old, you know, yeah. like this is our oldest animal. This is, you know, this is the oldest animal on earth. He's 187 years old. Think of all he's seen. You know, think think of all the stuff that Jonathan knows. It says he's likely blind. They don't know if he's blind for sure. But he gets around pretty well. He he also has some tortoise friends. <laughs> um, it says that um, his buddy, 
is like 95 and he <laughs> wanders around with him which is pretty a cool. young whippersnapper yeah just with this young guy right and it's like what i what i thought was kind of neat about it too heather is they were talking about that he started to get really sick mm. and they figured out that his he's so old his mouth is like crumbly Aww. so they had to change how they fed him Aww. and when they changed his diet and how they feed him he's great now like, how long can this creature live? We're going to find out. I know. I hope he makes it past 200. I hope 2020 doesn't take him out. Oh, my God, right? No, don't, don't say We're that. We're pretty close don't to the end. Don't even say that. We're close to the end. I think we can, we can skate through. It says that um, he learned his caretaker's voices. And it's, so he can, still, he can still hear, apparently, even though he can't see. And when he hears the voices of the people who feed him, he makes his way over <gasps> to them. I love this. I, I love, love I love Turtle too. so much. I wonder if this whole time he's like, guys, my name is not Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, Frank. I'm Frank. Come on, guys. Come on. Well, I will put a link up to this article, but I think it will be fun for our listeners to see the oldest living thing that we that we know, I guess. The, very cool. I can't I wait to see there's it. something in the ocean somewhere. Oh, there's stuff in the ocean we don't even know about. There's there's older stuff than Jonathan, but Jonathan gets the claim to fame because yep. he's on land and we can see him. So <laughs> so he wins. Yay, Jonathan. Our next story is about something old too and it highlights how young this country is. I actually sent you this article. Um I sent you an article from Smithsonian Magazine. Oh yeah. And the magazine article talks about that there is still a living grandson of our 10th president. Mm -hmm. Our 10th president, John Tyler, was born just 14 years after our country was founded. And his grandson is still alive today. That's crazy. Yes. I'm going to put a link to this article up, too. And I want to say thank you to my friend Neil for posting this because this blew my mind when I saw it. It was so crazy. So let's talk a little bit about this. Um. We're going to put the link to this, but yeah, so this guy had kids really, really super old. Right. And then his kids had kids really, really super old. Mm. And then those kids are still alive. That's crazy. Which is bizarre, right? So there's the living grandson. The guy is 95 years old. The guy who is still alive, who is John Tyler's grandson. Um, it's just a, such a reminder of how young this country is. So you he, know? so he can, he says, my grandfather was president in, in 18, he left office in 1845. Wow. And his grandpa was president then. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know what, I mean, did he do anything spectacular as president? I um, seem to remember there being some type of scandal with Tyler. My, I don't know. But I, I can't remember that. what Let's it was. See. Let's see. Um, John Tyler was born in 1790, 14 years after the nation's founding. He became president in 1841 after William Henry Harrison died in office. So he wasn't actually elected um, and served until 1845. Um, his son was born in 1853, a full 12 years before the 13th Amendment abolished slavery, hmm. when John was 63. And then his son's son was born when he was in his 70s. And uh, 
we still got those people. Wow. <laughs> They're still hanging about. They're still hanging out. They're still hanging about. Um, so all he had to do was just keep the ship from sinking. Like, right. Yeah. He was a good maintenance guy. He was a great maintenance guy. He did. He, <laughs> don't he serve anything up. He served in the role of, hey, we don't have anyone right now. Right. Could just step in. And he did. So that's cool. He said, sure. I thought this article was kind of funny because, like, the quotes from the family were, yeah. were weird. They were kind of odd. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because they're just super old people. Like, old, you know, old people sometimes, you know, they're they're just from a little different perspective, you know. Um, one of the quotes says um, he's talking about how people are surprised what a close family connection he has to a president born in the 18th century. And he says, well, I find it hard to believe. I mean, but I think it had a lot to do with second wives. <laughs> So he's really funneling in on a on some details. Yes, he's like, you know, the the second wife wants a baby. You're 70 years old. You give her a baby. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's where we're going with it, you know, which is kind of kind of great. Um the younger ones never wanted to get into politics. Here's one of his other weird quotes. <laughs> it says they asked him if he wanted to get into politics and he said, "A woman asked me, Little boy, are you going to be president when you grow up? And I said, no, I'll bite your head off. <laughs> then then she said, what would you do with the bones? And I told her, I'll spit them out. That was his answer to the question of, yeah. do you want to get involved in politics? It's, it's in this article. Like this is, I'm like, well, I'm glad you didn't want to be president because then she wanted to chew up people's bones and spit them out instead. So. I like this guy. <laughs> quite the legacy <laughs> that we've got going on um yeah uh it's an interesting article they've got they've got some stuff in there about um the politics of the time and they've got pictures of the of the old people it's it's, a, it's pretty great i i really i really thought this was cool um what i liked about this and why i wanted to talk about it today was because um we're in a little bit of a cynical time a little bit <laughs> you know, in the world right now. And uh, I shared this article with my sister and she said, well, gosh, we're such a young country. Maybe there's hope for us yet. Oh, so <sighs> it made her hopeful. I'm not sure <laughs> that it does that for everyone, you know, but it did it for her. I'm one of the most a... hopeful people that I know. <laughs> and, and I just, written everything off <laughs> it's like you know what i've probably got what 50 years i can just roll with it see we have children i know that's the thing that's why we do that why do we bring other people into this that now have to yeah that's the thing is now they're gonna have to deal with it and so i can't completely check out no we're gonna stay upbeat today okay yes we're talking about our youth we're still growing up we're finding our way, Heather. You know, when you think about it that way, in the in relatively compared to other countries, America is probably like fifteen, right? You know, so the hormones are crazy. We don't know anything, but we think we are completely invincible, and we're the only ones that know anything. Exactly. And so we're making stupid decisions, and nobody can tell us anything. That this totally makes perfect sense now. Right, we are an adolescent country. Yeah, we're just 
we're just young and silly, like those girls hanging their hands at the top of the Jeep that I was right. talking about last week. We're, we're, we're that. We have our learner's permit, but we're not allowed to drive by we're, ourselves. We're definitely not 40-year-old <laughs> seasoned women yet. Oh, like, God, no. <laughs> what country would that be? That would be like uh, Greece. You know, uh, I started watching this new show... I can't say it was super great, but it's all right. It's called Emily in Paris. Um, okay. And it's about a young girl from Chicago who takes a job at a marketing firm in Paris. And there is a lot of discussion of the cultural differences. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why do you work all the time? Why don't you chill out and make love and shut up? You know, like, <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the French are very much more laid back. And they're like, how about you don't show up here at 8.30 in the morning? We start work at 10.30, you know? Mm-hmm. like, And it's a different attitude yeah. that comes from being in a different place as a country and as a culture, you know? And, I mean, France has seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're still new to the game here. Yeah, you know? I, I think that's a really good point. And, I mean, we are in an adolescent time of our country um, we're certainly acting like a petulant child <laughs> and <laughs> I'm completely convinced that we are the only ones that know anything mm-hmm. and, um, you know, shut up and leave me alone. You don't know anything. You don't know anything about me. Right. I was on a call with uh, Rick the Brit the other day. Oh, yeah. And he's like, we are all just glued to what <laughs> you guys are doing. <laughs> He's like, we can't look away. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you guys are enjoying our train wreck so much. I'm glad you like it. He's like, we are just, just glued to it. You we know, I it's was, just a soap opera for the others. Well, that's the thing. I was in the car the other day and I thought, oh, I should probably listen to the news. And I so I turned on NPR, which is the news station that I listen to. And my brain was like, I'm going to listen to my stories. <laughs> Because I turned on the radio and I'm like, I can't wait to hear what happened. You're telling a novella or whatever. Uh Like, I can't wait to hear what happened. Like, there's Mm -hmm. so many storylines right now. And if you miss a day, you know, you want to get caught up and find out Mm -hmm. because, you know, but it's also kind of like like a soap opera in the sense that it doesn't take very long to get caught up at all. It's like just a few minutes in and you're like oh okay we're still we're still completely screwed uh-huh. yeah okay <laughs> we're still we're it's still just in this. a new yeah. flavor yeah. of mm-hmm. yeah so it's good it's good it's good <laughs> i have one more order of business before i close the show this is gonna be a quick show today okay um i talked about starting a book club yeah and today i announce our first book hmm. all rise for chrissy's book club announcement Our first book club book is going to be The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I see that you don't like it. I see that you don't like it. But listen, so the reason that I picked this, I'm I'm about halfway through. It's a short little book. It's super, super short. It's a quick, quick read. And the reason I picked this is because a friend of mine gave it to me and said that it was really meaningful to her at a tough time in her life. Now, as I read this book, Heather, I feel like all of the advice and all of the things in this book are things that you and I have kind of done already, like Mm -hmm. that we kind of have evolved to a point where, you know, this book isn't really speaking to us. But I did find in this book... There are some nuggets of wisdom, and it did make me think about how I'm raising my children. Mm -hmm. So I think that it might be good to look at for that, um, teaching my kids resilience, Mm -hmm. teaching my kids joy and gratitude, things that I 
somehow acquired that seem harder to acquire in today's society. So really being purposeful about teaching them those things. So I want people to get this book and we will talk about it in about five weeks. Okay. So we're going to put this Got like on a cycle every like, you know, sixth episode because every 10th episode we have Brian every like sixth yeah, we're getting ourselves yeah. into these into a groove, into, into a, a pattern. It's nice yeah. though. I like it. Yes, I like it too. So, yeah, I I read half of the book last night. Yeah, I mean it's just a couple hours, and that way you know kind of get something that get us started. Um, Brene Brown, friends, uh, if you don't know her, she's a little bit wordy and a little bit weavy, but sometimes she says things that hit. And you know, I think it's just a really quick, easy read. It's like reading something that your girlfriend wrote. Um, I mean, it's, it's fine writing. It's good, you know, but like it's, what there, I, there are some nuggets of wisdom there. Well, what I really like about, um, I'm looking at the cover now where it says, let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's something that I, um, talk with people about every day, mm-hmm. um, in my work and I've, think that there are so many different ways for that message to come across to people mm-hmm. that I'm I want people to hear it in whichever way their brain picks it up. Right. You know, like if it's from, you know, this person or this person or this song or this movie, I want there to be some type of message that gets to people that says Exactly that. Let go of who you thought you were supposed to be or who somebody told you were supposed to be or who you were led you were supposed to be and and embrace who you are. And that is such a transformational part of life. Yeah. And liberating. I like that she took um, some very, very common terms and some very common themes, love, joy, compassion, self-respect, these kind of things. And she really defined them. Mm -hmm. She took the time and she conglomerated all of her research, you know, on human behavior. And she came up with these definitions. And I like that she's very clear. This is not a how-to guide. I'm not a how-to person. This is, you know, just... A collection of I looked at a bunch of people who were living really authentic lives. And what does authentic mean? Let me give you a definition. I looked at people who, you know, were joyful and joy only went with these other things. And when she's talking about love, she says you can't talk about love without belonging. And, you know, and she defines these things. And, you know, like. Like I said, it's a quick read. It's a good read. And I think there's some stuff there. And I think there's really some stuff there for parents, too. And there's stuff for people who are still figuring it out. Like this, If I would have read this book even five years ago, I think it would have touched me in a much deeper way. That, like now I'm like, yeah, Brene. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, I'm in the same place as you, okay? You know, like, but it, it makes you stop and reevaluate, too. Cause there's a lot in this book about shame. Because mm. her background mm-hmm. in research is in shame. And... um as I was reading through the book, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't carry a lot of shame. Right. I just, it's just not a thing that I carry. And then she got into a section where she's like, you know what shame goes with, folks? Perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So if you are a perfectionist, 
you probably carry a little more shame than you think you do. And then you start thinking about it and you're like, huh, kind of, you know, the, the things you hide from and the things that you push aside and, mm-hmm. you know, how to slog through them a little better and, yeah. you know, just be more real with where you are. Um, so this is going to be our first book. I okay. want everybody to go on and order it. We'll put a link up in the notes um, to the old Amazon so that you can go get it and mark yours up. Um, I'll probably try to mention it over the next couple episodes, just a reminder, and then we'll talk about it a little bit um, in about five weeks. We decided we couldn't do one a month. No. It's just too much. It's I've got too, too many books yeah. stacked up. There's too much. There's too much stuff. All right. Well, um, I'm going to give the people a little bit of homework. Okay. Don't forget your homework. Buy the gifts of imperfection. <laughs> Read along. <laughs> Get a little perspective on our youth and our age. Like I said, we're such a young country. Maybe there's hope for us yet. Um, Keep your beautiful memes coming. (laughs) Watch the Billboard Music Awards. And try to stay sane through these final days of a pandemic election. We can do it. We're so close. We can do it. And um, that's pretty much it, folks. I'll do those things, and you'll be living a fantastic life. <laughs> there you go. It's the recipe for success. Until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.